Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the big 4-0. 40. 40. 40 ounce. I'm still Helen. And I'm still Kobe. In this episode, we're going to be talking about Cowspiracy, as chosen by Mark LaRoost from the Unconventionalist podcast. And also, we're going to be joined by Samantha from Conversations with Samantha and. Like what you hear? Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes. You can find us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod and visit the website FlixWatcher.tv for full listings about this particular show. Warning, there will be spoilers. There will be bad language. As always, the films that we're reviewing were available to stream at the time of recording. This episode of Flix Watch Pot is brought to you by GL Productions. GL Productions provide hassle-free, professional quality podcast production at an affordable price. So if you're looking to get into podcasting but fancy a little bit of professionalism to help you out, then uh, we highly recommend GL Productions. If you fancy 10% off your bespoke podcast production package, tell them Kobe and Helen sent you for your first order. Hello and welcome. And in this edition of Flix Watcher Pod, we are joined by Mark and Samantha. If you'd like to say hello, guys, introduce yourselves. Hi, everyone. My name is Mark LaRoost and I'm the host of the Unconventionalist podcast, a show where we talk about what it's really like to start up a company and try and get people excited about what you do. And uh, yeah. Yeah. And who do you have opposite you? I have the absolute gorgeous Samantha Clark. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Mark. I am Samantha Clark and I'm the host of Conversations with Samantha Rand, which is a podcast about the impact of technology on our happiness in our lives, where we live and how we work. I mean, it's inter- interviews with people who are communication experts, city designers, really getting to the heart of how technology is impacting how we live and show up. Fantastic interview. And we will link to your podcast and Twitters and everything, internet aspects on the on the show notes. But today we're here to talk with yourself, Mark, about your choice, which is Cowspiracy. So <laughs> Yeah, Cowspiracy. So, so yeah. why did you choose it? And can you give us a brief synopsis? <laughs> okay. And so... I'm not I'm not being accusative. <laughs> I'm not being accusative. There needs to be a bit of background. So A, I'm not vegan. <laughs> Just putting it out there. And the reason why I chose this documentary is that I remember when I saw it when it originally came out. And it really threw me off because I I, um, I went through a phase of exploring plant-based diet and trying to understand from the health perspective because I worked for the Movember Foundation for four years as country manager. And so I used to interact with a lot of patients who'd survived cancer, who were going through cancer. I talked to a lot of doctors. 
And they seem to be resounding a piece of advice for most people who've been through cancer, which was basically try and stay off red meat and try and eat way more vegetables and, you know, fish. And I thought, this is really weird. If they're telling post-cancer patients to eat this kind of diet, why, why are we not doing it before? Pre-cancer, yeah. Yeah. And so it got me thinking. And so for me, it wasn't at all from a well-being or a, or a conscious level. I really explored that from a health perspective. And so I went through like this militant series of documentaries like Earthlings and Forks Over Knives and like all these documentaries on plant-based diets and veganism, all this stuff. And they were all like, sh like really shocking and horrible stuff. But Cowspiracy, I came across it and it made sense. It was the first one that was like, forget about your feelings. Forget about how you, you know, feel about animals getting killed and eating bacon or not. From an economic stand, it just stacked up. Yeah. And that's, that's why I thought it was an interesting documentary. And also because I, I interview people on quests on my show, I thought that this was an incredible quest for uh, Kip. Kip, right? The, yeah. The director, yeah. And so what happens? Can you give a brief synopsis of oh. Kip, Kip, the, Kip's the story? Yeah, so the short version is basically Kip considered himself a OCE, which is an obsessive compulsive environmentalist. And after seeing the inconvenient truth from Al Gore, Al Gore he basically decides to become an environmentalist to recycle. But he came across this frightening statistic that basically said that livestock raises more greenhouse gas emission than all the transport combined. So that's train, planes, cars, boats, etc. And as he went into the charity world and started looking at Greenpeace and all these kind of, you know, foundations, none of them mentioned agro-farming whatsoever. And so that takes him down this rabbit hole of exploring through his documentary that actually everyone's afraid to talk about the impact of agro-farming. And it's, it's a very, yeah, it's an interesting debate around should we eat meat yeah samantha my thoughts on the film yes so are you, are you a vegan are, are, do, you, do you eat more carefully i am definitely <laughs> so i eat mainly plant-based but i still eat fish and i think when i first started watching this i kind of thought okay because i do a lot of research around some different types of plant-based diets and veganism and vegetarians and I, it didn't grab me from the get-go, mainly because I thought, okay, I, I know all of this. There is always an economical kind of perspective around it. Someone is, the reason they're not talking about it is because there's profiteering in another area. It's the same formula, mm -hmm. but I guess it's interesting to kind of see it shown out in this film and his different quest to try and speak to even, you know, Greenpeace continuously knocking on their door for confirmation or just some understanding and their reluctance to kind of show up and even I think he went to the agricultural association and the lady he asked her you know are you connected with Greenpeace or are you giving do you fund them yeah do you yeah. fund them and she was like oh, I, I don't, don't know if we should answer yeah. this and yeah. I just thought mm, okay yeah. yes this is it's a it's a complex food is always a complex economical issue yeah there are documentaries like this help us to fuel conversations and to think about it but it also he did hone in on the point that all of these things that he was doing as a compulsive excessive environmentalist he wasn't really making any change he was trying to cut down on his showers and trying to do all these things cycling more yeah recycling more and then it, get, it made me feel a little bit defeated as yes okay fair enough i am trying to eat less meat and do all of these things but i'm affecting like a fr i'm making a small amount of change so that it did play on my mind you know what else could i be doing 
to move this further? And then am I really, I'm not really a vegan. So how much can I contribute mm. into this conversation? And so, also, I mean, it's quite, I think a fair point to notice it. It's not just talking about cows, although the dairy, beef and dairy yeah. farming was the main part of it. Because, mm. But they mm. do talk about sustainability and fishing. Yeah. Which seems horrific with the amount of buy kill. They're just happy to, yeah, we'll just yeah we'll kill just, a few whales. We don't. There was that whole yeah. conversation mm. with the guy said it's like interest, you know, at the oh end of the God, day, was, yeah. you just keep going. You got to keep fishing and it makes more fish in the long run. And I just thought, oh my God. And it just kills it. Yeah. It just comes out, yeah. I just thought that, um, so yes, I think, I think it's an interesting movie to watch. I think maybe I probably came at it slightly thinking, oh, I know all of this. And I have friends who are very militant vegans right so I, what's the reason for militancy in the veganism because i i before watching this documentary i thought most people's and i knew about this kind of aspect of uh, environmental impacts on mm. on beef farming and things like that but most people i know who are vegans come at it from the point of view which mark you're talking about with well, the films where they're talking about killing yeah slaughtering animals so i think stuff. that actually i i truly believe that actually that the one of the biggest issues with the vegan movement is that it's and and I know a lot of some of my friends vegans is, is that they tend to be almost it's a militant is the word that comes up, but it's almost guilt tripping. Mm. And so what I've realized, if anything, again for the Movember Foundation, when you want to talk about something as as dark and deep as death and cancer, if you make it dark and deep and men don't want to engage with it. But if you try and find a fun way to talk about a serious issue, then you can get men to engage. And I think that's what I find is missing in the veganism movement is like, how can we make it relatable for other people? But what, what happens when you speak to people in vegan is like, we don't have a choice. It's like, we've got to, we've got to act fire with fire. You know, cows can't defend themselves. Bees can't defend themselves, you know, chickens and so forth. No, but, and so, and so for them, it's, it's super personal and you cannot try and rationalize with someone who emotionally gets so attached to yeah. the idea that we are killing, what is it? 70 billion livestock a year. It was something ridiculous. So you can understand how someone who who looks at that and sees this is wrong gets really emotional about it. And the problem is that it alienates, alienates people. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Uh, Helen. I mean, it, it is really interesting. And I'd say with it being a few years old, I think it's 2014, mm -hmm. a lot of the information in there wasn't a surprise to me. And, you know, having interests, I'm not vegan either. I was vegetarian for a short while, but don't really eat that much meat anyway but i do when i i do like fish but i think the problem with going vegan is that it has to be a choice mm. and you only have to look at obesity in america and the popularity of fast food and burgers mm. in america that they are not going to suddenly choose to not eat meat and it's it's also linked in with obviously the problem that we have with supermarket waste is that we've become so accustomed mm. to demanding to have meat every day, for every meal there mm. when we want it for a cheap price that has accelerated farming and accelerated the need. And there's so much money involved in it now. There's so mm. much more at stake that for suddenly for someone to go out and go, right, we're going to phase out all agricultural farming. What's the answer going to be to that? There's going to be so many people in very powerful places that are going to go, well, no. And it's 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 obvious what's going to happen. Mm. We're going to run out of land to farm. We're going to run out of land to grow feed. Yeah. I mean, that, that so that, that for me is the most crazy thing. It's like, I don't care if you're a vegan, a herbivore, an omnivore. I don't care if you're paleo. I don't know what you do. 
You look at the statistics with 7 billion people on this planet, right? And it's like, we're rising to 9 billion, right? That's like the projecting the next 20 to 30 years. There's no way in hell we can feed that amount of people. And when you look at the stats, they were saying that 50% of grains and legumes go straight to feed livestock. And you're thinking, and there was a point they said, if you just took those grains and legumes and turned them into food for humans, Humans. we would eradicate hunger. Hunger. That's crazy. It's crazy, yeah. And you just go, what? Yeah. It's like, what? And then you got it's, the Patriots Act. It's so simple. Oh. It's so simple, though. Yeah. But it's... But there's no but money. It's, no, there's, exactly. There's no money. But it's like, yes, what you're saying is, is the who's who's feeding who, who's feeding who. And mm. I was... I mean, I've got a few points on this documentary which I'd like to touch upon, but I was disappointed because when you, when you typically think look at documentaries like this, it's people like Michael Moore or Morgan Spurlock you know, knocking on the door of the big establishment saying like Walmart or why do you sell guns to people? But this guy, not that engaged in the character. He's a bit of a dude. Yeah. yeah. And he's trying to just speak to Greenpeace. And you think Greenpeace are the people who would want to open the doors up and say, yeah, come in, have a chat. But they were completely the opposite. And that was yeah. kind of disheartening. I don't know if that's a policy nowadays. Maybe they were just kind of wrong footed by him, but that shows that these well, but it's, but it's, this is a crowdfunded bands. film, so you know they didn't have any backing other than obviously. Well, he lost Leo. his backing. He lost his yeah. Backing. Yeah. yeah, Leo, Leo, Leo the, the crusader, Leo has got his name to it. But oh, Leo DiCaprio. Yeah, yeah. I mean, had well, came, had it had some major later, funding or a studio behind it to give it that kind of push, or you know, to make it a little bit more in your face, then it's probably what it needs but to but be. But a bit do you more. think so? That's interesting because you. Because I can 100% assume what you're saying, but you think it had it been too much push in your face, it would have been another oh, an angry vegan, like an angry activist, an angry. Do you, do, do, do you know what I'm saying? It's like no, because his points for doing it aren't the you know he he barely even touches on like the slaughter, you know he doesn't really go oh, down duck. that angle. Yeah. yeah, I just think that, and he doesn't. He basically his point of the thing is that. These are all these facts out there and all the major people who are giving out advice and meant to be protecting our oceans and looking out for climate change are either ignoring it or not admitting it. Mm. And that's kind of his narrative for the whole movie. And once he finds out that's the case, it just goes over and over again and over and over again. And, you know, there's some facts in there, but, you know, it kind of stops and loses a little bit of momentum. It doesn't really delve into what we can be doing or mm. what next steps are or it doesn't even over dramatize it and go this is what's gonna happen rah, and you know be really shocking and really blunt and you know a bit of scaremongering in there to to give it that am- impact it may mm. may need do you think that might be down to kip himself though or as a crowdfund maybe it's a crowdfunded <laughs> film with you guys are hating on campus <laughs> no, but i think it's, it's fundamental if you're yeah. going to go out there and you know this is the problem this is what i've unearthed what next i mean he, yeah. there there was that whole segue into the future of food and this is what people are doing but it's still like the beyond meat and those yeah. eggs and, all that stuff, yeah. and and even that still feels again quite political and economical like the people who are involved mm. in either genetically modifying food or thinking about it it still left me thinking, okay, and? It was it was very, very, very American-based as yeah. well because mm. we, we have the problem in the UK where obviously and also meat we... is cheaper sometimes than vegetables and, you know, we've got massive, you know, poverty issues and people not being able to feed themselves. And, you know, vegetables aren't particularly cheap if you're trying to feed children. So and it's it's, really, it's I think trying, that's a really it's, it's, salient point in that it's often easier to feed kids 
crisps and the cheap and nasty foods than it is to feed them vegetables. Sure. And that's... Or, uh, or so, you know, soya alternatives, you know, they're not as cheap as, as regular milk and things like that. Yeah. So it does come across from a very affluent white mm. sort of voice, which, you know, it needs to be looking at from everyone. And, you know, we something from the point of China's point of view, you know, their consumption of food in general and meat and, you know, historically, you know, their cuisine is pretty meaty. So how, how are we going to change <laughs> that? China. But, but actually, so that's interesting. There's a, there's a book by Professor Campbell called The China Study, which is all around, based on 20 to 30 years of research around China and Asia with the influence of Western diets hitting China, especially meat. So they actually, meat wasn't a predominant dish in every single dish that they ate during the days and so forth. And then dairy came, consumption of meat came, and suddenly they saw a rise in diseases and cancers. And that, that spiraled off with a whole different study around the impact that protein, animal-based protein has on the influence of impacting our cancer genomes and so forth. But it's, it's the fact that we're not going to sustain the way that we are. So cricket... Crickets are the answer, ladies and gentlemen. Eat yeah. crickets. Um, yeah, crickets. They're fine. Food. I'm serious. Like, yeah. insect yeah. is going to be the food of the future. Yeah. Probably, yeah. There's up. I think one of the funniest parts of the conversation was what the film was the. He was talking to that guy who's saying milk is. Oh, oh growth. Yeah, it's yeah. Growth, yeah. Juice. Growth, yeah. Juice. Yeah. yeah. growth juice. Yeah, growth juice for growth juice for calves. And I've seen a video where they go around and get people to try milk, and it's dog's milk. Right. Mm. And they basically get people to try it we've got a new brand of milk do you want to try it and they say it's you know it's dog's milk and they're like this is disgusting how can you make me do that and it's like well that's what you're doing each time you drink cow's milk it's the same thing Mm. and people have a completely different reaction to it but the the dairy farm industry is pretty shocking anyway it's not a secret about it unfortunately but it's a massive industry and Again, it's something that it's not going to change overnight. I mean, soya, there are so many different alternatives and more people are doing that. But again, there's a lot of people who will not do that because either they don't like the taste or they just think it's silly. Well, if we all change now, then, you know, if if you start feeding this kind of things to your your kids, if you if you gave a one-year-old crickets and they didn't know that wasn't what yeah. people normally yeah. did, they'd just be like, okay, we're going to eat crickets. That's but fine. I think that there's like 80% of the world eats crickets, like insects. Right. It's something ridiculous. It's like we're here for some reason makeup that it's... So I, I brought back some some dried, crispy kind of crickets at home and my girlfriend just freaked out and <laughs> she wouldn't have them in the flat. But I was like, this is happening. This is It's coming our way, whether people want it or not. It's like the, the, most, susta- it's the most sustainable way to grow protein it's like 80 percent protein crickets it's something ridiculous mm. and it's got also a whole bunch of vitamins and, and that kind of stuff so yeah and the, the other thing i want to talk about them um, quickly about the the milk it was like this documentary also made me realize i never understood why vegetarians hated on vegans so much i didn't understand what like every time i'd see a vegan and a vegetarian vegans were like why are you vegetarian like you could just you know you're basically just as cruel as a meat eater and i yeah. thought come on that's pretty harsh like at least they're doing the part but watching this documentary made me realize that, oh, okay, so milk cows get their calves, t- and this is organic farm, by the way, yeah. in the documentary. It's like they get the calves taken off to two days, then they get pumped for as long as they can, and then when they start producing, they get sold for slaughter. Get put into a, into a, into a truck and yeah. then carted off. Yeah. So that, then I thought, okay, that's why vegans are like, oh, you're drinking milk, but you're basically contributing to the whole ecosystem of, yeah. of meat eating. Yeah. 
I mean, I've I've stopped. I'm still I'm quite a heavy meat eater. Yeah, but I still and I but I've stopped drinking milk Same, uh, for a few. But do you still eat cheese? Not much, not much at all. It will be as a buy thing on pizza if if, if there's pizza about, but I rarely would buy it. Mm. But I think the, the point that the guy was making in terms of the hormones, the antibodies, and things like that, though, in 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 cow's gross. milk is. It, it's 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 so gross. It's like yeah. apparently in a pint of milk in the conventional shops, there's about a thousand different cows' milk yeah. in one bottle. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then you go just made a face. I, I, just th- like, I think that's the first step. I mean, I don't drink milk either. Yeah, I've not drank yeah. it for a while, love, and I, I think that's coconut, the, the easiest stuff, thing for people to make milk. the little yeah. steps. Yeah. It's true though, and I think uh, to the point about the biggest problem I find with these documentaries sometimes, the unconvenient truth. I remember specifically being at the cinema, watching it, and at the end going. Can we swear on this podcast? Or yeah. Not? Yeah. I, th- I thought about, we're fucked. <laughs> and now what? And it's like, it's like credits. It's kind of like, we're all going to screw. The ocean's going to take over the cities and good luck. And then it just stops. And I remember going, oh my God, it's like, we're all going to die. And there's nothing, no, no tips. And I think that's yeah. like, how can you take someone who's a massive meat eater, who doesn't believe in the conscious ethical aspect of not killing animals, mm. but to go, dude, if you don't start drinking like, coconut milk or almond milk and we're gonna run soy out of yeah. and yeah it's how do you say someone who you know has meat every day mm. or you know the, the food industry in london is so meaty yeah mm. uh, you know if you go out to any kind of street food place like there is a lot of meat still yeah. but I'll, I'll tell you this i mean if you if you you were, you were vegetarian at some point sam you're kind of Pescatarian. You know, pescatarian. No, I'm a pescatarian. pescatarian. But no. But no, I'll tell you this: no when dairy. I went to this vegetarian, vegan kind of journey, when I walked in supermarkets, the aisles of meat no longer looked like food, but like morgues. It was the most weird. Oh, thing. Really? Yeah, it was yeah, the most weird thing. Feeling. I never imagined that. I'm a, I mean, I can walk across it now, but you don't see it anymore as like, oh, a tasty chicken stir fry. You see it as like. That was a living thing. That's that's like flesh. It's like if someone took a half my flesh and just put it in a pack and into the fridge, and it's weird. Pumped you stop thinking that. It's like yeah, moments. yeah. It's just and like it's bizarre. Yeah. I think that's the main problem in in these in the UK and I guess a lot of the Western world, quote unquote, is that there's that disassociation between what where the food comes from. Yeah. And yes. when when I I mean I I was born in Nigeria, yeah. came to England when I was two, but I remember when we went back a few times. I I used to see my grandmother like chop head off a yeah, chicken and she's like, plucking it. it i was like okay that's where meat comes from mm. but people don't know that and i sure. think that's where you get a lot of vegans and i think there's a tv show on channel four a fair few years ago called catch it cook it now kill, kill it, it cook it eat yeah. it and i thought it was, it was really interesting seeing people who had to kill their own food and then cook it then eat it themselves a lot of people from that series suddenly gave became up. yeah gave up but you, you i think you would though that there's, there's just three things i want to share one is i think it was a quote by john lennon or einstein i never know that said that if all slaughterhouses were made of glass everyone would be vegetarian mm. the second one is i've just fucking forgot my thought <laughs> yeah. this amazing, no exactly what you said about the, oh sorry yes uh, mark zuckerberg went through a phase where he said for a year he would only eat what he hunts so only only meat or stuff like chickens that he killed mm. or whatever that you would do. And the third one is Neil Strauss, the guy who wrote the book, The Game, but also The Truth, wrote a book called Survival, I think. And he talks about how he realized that you can't even change a lamp bulb. And so he goes on this mission. Well, to, he couldn't. Mm. No, he goes on this mission to try and figure out how do you survive in the wild, all this stuff. And he's given, he has an exercise where he has to kill a goat and he can't go through it. And he's trying to kill this goat and he's like, I can't do it. It's horrible. And I, I honestly feel, I honestly think I could not kill a cow. If I was in front of a cow, I was like, okay, you can have a burger, but you're going to kill that cow. 
I'd be like, fuck that. I'll have the grass. <laughs> <laughs> I will not survive in the wild, ladies and gentlemen. Helen, what, what's that you're holding there? I've got a box of popcorn sheds. Yeah, popcorn. but it looks, like, it looks like a shed. It does. It's got a cute little window as well. So it looks like there's popcorn in the shed. Like off of play school? Yeah, or a little beach hut or something. Not really cute. <laughs> like a chalet on, on Brighton Beach. Full of popcorn. Full of popcorn. What flavour is that popcorn? Mmm, rich chocolate. Ooh, tasty. And that's... I really want to have this with like a bowl of milk because it tastes awesome. But I think it will taste awesomer with milk. But try it dry because it's got, it's got a lot of crunch, hasn't it? And why not get some popcorn shed popcorn in for your Netflix viewing this weekend? It's delicious. Netflix and, and corn? Popcorn. <laughs> popcorn shed popcorn. That's the way to do it. How can we find? How can people find popcorn shed? You can find them in a shop that sells popcorn. Yeah, some cinemas sell it. They some do. picture houses sell popcorn shed, but also online at popcornshed.com. We're simple. Or follow them on Instagram as well. Have a look at them online. They are across all the socials and they are popcorn popped right here in London. Yeah. They've got some really cool Instagrammy feeds, haven't they? Yes, definitely follow them. They're awesome. Follow them on the social medias. And now, guys, after the popcorn session, we go to the scores for Cowspiracy. So, so a quick roundup on this one. So, yes, Samantha's tight for time. So we're going to go through this a bit quicker than we normally would do, guys. But Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Cowspiracy, Mark, you brought it to us. Recommendability score. Yeah, I'm going to go four. Okay. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think it's... I when think... you came in here, your head was a bit dejected that you'd yeah, chosen this Yeah, I did, because I thought, I was like, why did I pick that? That's so bizarre. But I think, you know, after speaking about it, everybody was like, yeah, four. <laughs> I think it's important that people should, people should watch it and then be conscious when you eat, but at least you know what's, what you're doing. Yeah. Samantha. Yeah, I'm going to go with four as well. I think it's it's a good conversation starter, but it's thinking about where you go from there onwards. Which didn't really help. No. Helen. Yeah, a, a four again. It's you know the discussion is there, but it lacks the uh, the punch. Yeah. I'm going to go four as well. Mark said we were hating on Kip. I just didn't find him engaging. <laughs> <laughs> and I think for He's for a podcast, for sorry, for a documentary like this, it needs to have someone that's a bit more enigmatic. Mm. And if it had been in someone else's hands, I think we would have been. I think that, I think that, that the movement is still looking for their Jamie Oliver. You know, they're, they're looking for that woman or guy who's going to make it cool. Yeah. The revolution. Mm. Repeat viewing score, Mark. Because how many times have you seen it now? That's the second one. Oh, would you watch it again? 2.5. And one, under what situation would you watch it again? My girlfriend. Yeah, if I wanted to show, because she's in denial. <laughs> she doesn't want to see it. I've asked her a couple she doesn't want to see it. So if, she, if she, she'd be like, okay, I'll watch it. And I'll be like, okay, I'll sit down with you, sweetie. Yeah. <laughs> Samantha? Yeah, 1.5, 1.5. So not likely at all. Helen? I'm going to go too. I mean... I- didn't, didn't, I don't think it's going to offer anything new, but likewise, if, if my boyfriend was going to pay attention this time, 
<laughs> Did you watch it with him? And it well, was like, he kind of daring. was sort of side watching it because right. he does enjoy me a lot more than I do. Just on that note, I have a problem watching these kind of documentaries. They make me want to eat meat. And so I had a burger last night after watching <laughs> it. Yes. I feel really bad saying this, but it's true. And I wonder if there's a... a relations. <laughs> <laughs> like all the McDonald's around the cinema just got a spike after. <laughs> yeah, I'm a bit hungry now. Let's get a Big Mac. Mm. I'm going to say two. I, I think, yeah, I think I agree with you guys. I, I'm a bigger meat eater than my, than my wife. But it does make me want to reevaluate how we eat. I know a lot of people are vegetarian and vegan, and I'm happy already that I'm not eat, not drinking dairy so much. So I think making a step to having less meat would be a, quite a good one, actually. Go for meat-free Mondays. Well, I think it needs to be more than that, or just I mean, we, start. we do a lot of cooking in a slow cooker, so maybe just like halving the amount of meat in that spread across the you know, and that instantly half the amount of meat we eat in the yeah in the year, and just put more sweet potato in there. <laughs> small yeah and the thing with documentaries actually is that it has to be an amazing documentary to want to watch it again and i don't yeah. think it was one i love documentaries to bits and and i could sit for a whole weekend and watch back to back to back to, and just feel like i'm learning stuff but to re-watch documentary has to be yeah of an ill I which that. i don't know i don't know what that is senna senna oh that's asif kapadi's documentaries are so he did senna and he did amy mm-hmm. and he's doing maradona at the moment yeah and looking forward to that he's 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 got he's an excellent yeah filmmaker yeah and, yeah, uh, yeah I, w- I would watch center again definitely Mm-mm-mm. and i would watch amy i used to love amy winehouse yeah There's just, just quickly on that note if you're a guy and you're listening to this watch a guy called rip esselstein's tedx talk i think it's called plant strong and healthy living it's the one i watched many years ago and he talks about erectile dysfunction linked to meat eating. <laughs> yeah. Listen to that as a guy and tell me you're not interested in finding out more about why meat is impacting your health. Yeah. <laughs> no. That's one of one of my friends who is kind of a vegan kind of stalwart and uh, his Instagram is called Chaka Bars and he always goes to that. That's his default kind of game changer for men. Do you want erectile dysfunction? So <laughs> that's, like, that's almost like this on the cigarettes, isn't it? Where yeah. it has like... Smoking might make you impotent, so yeah. it should be on the cow Packs pack of chickens. Yeah, yeah. That already Based- says parasites. It's supposed to, because it's like the meat <laughs> from parasites will kill you. The parasites, yeah, parasites from meat. Yeah, yeah, but you have people, with, and I would kind of off topic it, but the, we're living in a world where you smoke cigarette packets with literally dead people on them, or like lungs or holes in throats. Yeah, and then you, but there's no way we're going to get this passed. You know, anyway. Mm. Well, it, I mean, consider what smoking was like. Even 20 yeah. years ago. Yeah, in planes. So, I remember as a kid. Yeah. Going absolutely. on planes and people smoking at the back. My dad going at the back and getting a cheeky cigarette. Yeah. So, you know, why not, why not 20 years time and having having warnings on packs of steak? Yeah. Small screen score. Mark. Four. Yeah. I thought it was fine. I could pause it. I, put, I watched it in a couple of basins. Yeah. Yeah. I'd go with four too. Yeah. Helen. Uh, yeah, four. Yeah, not not worth watching in a cinema at all. <laughs> although i mean considering it's by himself i thought some of the images he put on there of the interviews i thought the interviews looked really quite well framed the, the infographics mm. were really good yeah yeah no, that was pretty mm. good although i, like I thought i was quite annoyed at the inconsistency of the infographics it seemed like there's one friend did one set one friend did another set and it would i could have thought just what get budget would allow really yeah i guess it, <laughs> yeah. it's crowdfunded and stuff like that i did not know it was crowdfunded yeah that's amazing good for them engagement score mark i got uh so i thought the second time i've seen it so I watched it while I was cooking. Meat. The burger. <laughs> <laughs> what was I cooking? I thought was I cooking yesterday, but no, but I was, I was straight. I was cooking. No, I was doing brunch, okay. and it was it was vegetarian actually. 
It was a vegetarian. Yeah, it was yeah. a vegetarian brunch. No, it's true. No smoked salmon. It was a pescatarian brunch. Okay, three. Because I, I was running. I remember every time I'd like, I'd, I'd go and run and see who was speaking and stuff. So three. Yeah, maybe two point five for me. Yeah, you were, you didn't seem that interested in watching when it came out when it, when it was suggested. I think maybe because I'm I'm overloaded with this information in various chat groups and whatever. I'm just kind of. <laughs> And some, again, kind of, I think there were bits that you could hone in on and you could watch and then step away and I still feel like I hadn't missed anything. I still feel like I hadn't missed anything. Yeah. I'm going to go three. I mean, I was watching it, but also I did kind of get sucked up in a bit of a internet searching, sort of checking out a little bit deeper <laughs> and finding out a little bit more and then kind of ended up on somewhere else. And then, oh yeah, pay attention to three. I think, yeah, I'm a 2.5. I think I fell asleep. <laughs> first time watching it it's done nothing to, to wean you away from meat no i'm generally i'm i'm i am reconsidering how much meat i eat and of what sources watch the rip uh, rips tedx talk and you'll uh, and you'll come back to me so, and you'll yeah. Go, yeah you'll be like okay i'm cutting that shit out plus i i mean from a kind of kind of sporting point of view i know a few people who are vegetarians and who are really generally healthy people mm. and they smash it out in the park and the bikes and running and stuff yeah. like that. So a, I can't remember the name of the footballer. A recent footballer is just kind of conv- converted to it's like coming out. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> well, he's sort of rechanged. He's changed his diet. I can't remember what's off my head. It's one of the Premier League clubs, and he's sort of you know I'm not eating meat now. I'm yeah. veggie, and I feel so, so you much recover, more so energized. You recover faster. Basically, your recovery yeah. time of meat is faster. So the, the one thing that most people don't know about me is that I hold a plant based nutrition certificate from cornell university <laughs> it's the most random thing about me that no one knows but i was fascinated about the science behind it so for me it was to understand what the whole thing about oh you can't live without me well mm. that's it's anyway it's bs so that gives an overall score of 3.2 mm. which is mm. higher than i thought it would have been based on conversations before coming yeah to the pod booth. that's true but i think we've i was having a meltdown of the choice it, yeah <laughs> I was making everybody to change the watch another documentary, two hour documentary, twelve hours before the show. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, don't have the time. Yeah, yeah. like that's sorry, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> sorry about that, guys. But no, I mean, it it is it is really interesting. I mean, if if you're listening to this and you watch it, then it, you know that's one more person who is mm. kind of in, engaged in something. And if you then decide to make the change, then that's kind of how things start. And I think this, I mean, this has let itself down on repeat viewing score. And as we said, it's something that's probably true of most documentaries. It's the low repeat viewing score. So yeah. otherwise it would have been quite high overall. So I think it is a general high recommendation. But we can't, again, look at our scores. They're quite similar. Yeah. 3, 3.5, mm. 3.375. Guys, Mark, sign off. Where are you from? How can we find you? Yeah. So founder and host of The Unconventionalists. And it's a podcast I invite everybody to check out. You can find us at theunconventionalists.com or marklaroost.com and you spell the roost L-E-R-U-S-T-E. And yeah, we just get a bunch of really amazing and exciting guests on. And yeah. Just about their uh, lives. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the worst self-promoting person when it comes to my <laughs> podcast. But anyway, yeah, check it out. <laughs> <laughs> Samantha. <laughs> cool. So I'm Samantha Clark and I have a podcast called Conversations with Samantha Rand. Uh, it's really inspirational interviews with 
city planners, psychologists, communication experts, really looking at the impact of technology on our happiness and how we live and how we show up in the world. Um, you can check out my website, which is samanthaand.co, not .co.uk, just .co. And that's where you'll find everything around happiness, emotional intelligence, technology, and change. Nice. Awesome. Cheers. Thanks so much for having Thank us. Thank you. Cheers, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks, guys. It was great to have Mark and Samantha again back on the show for the start of the year. And as we as this goes out, it's January. So a lot of people will be doing Veganuary. Veganuary? I'm not sure how you're supposed to say that. But let us know if films like Cowspiracy or even What the Health have inspired you to become a vegan. It'd be good to know if these documentaries have any kind of impact. Thank you very much to our editors, as always. Toby is the main guy who, who helms and carves our voices and also hellos to tony jay and greg and everyone else at geo productions who we haven't met yet of course please big up mighty people for the tunes you can hear now and at the start of the podcast please don't forget to subscribe to us on itunes find us on twitter at flitswatcher pod and visit our website flitswatcher.tv